Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on? Rob Sestrino back here to talk on the RHAP Rewind. Today, we're talking about not one, but two episodes of The Real World. This is the true story of uh, two seasons that we picked to watch on the RHAP Rewind, where people stopped being polite and started being real. And here with a person who is always real, my co-host, The Great Chappelle. Rob, I'm always real polite. Not yes. just always real, yes. but always real polite. Real and you know? polite or real polite? Real polite. <laughs> real, yes. real polite. You are yeah. always referring to uh, women as ma'am. Ma'am, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a good, yeah, that is a true a statement. Example. Whenever, I, whenever I see something egregious by these women, I, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> so, yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, I'm very respectful in that way, yes. I don't feel like you use a lot of sirs. Oh, I do, sir. It's, yes. sir, it's more like, sir. Oh my gosh, you have to clutch your pearls when you say it, and it's just, sir. You know, so that's it's definitely in my wheelhouse. I'm a southern gent. What what can I say? <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm very excited to get the chance to talk on the RHAP Rewind today. Of course, uh, you know her from uh, many appearances on post show recaps, uh, the Top Chef wrap up, and more. Please welcome in Latanya Starks. Latanya, how are you? Hi, Rob. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so, I'm doing great. Happy to have you here with us to talk uh, some of the real world. Uh, Latanya, uh, what's your relationship with the real world? The real world? Actually, uh, to date myself, I'm like a fossil. Just carbon date me. Uh, the real world started airing when I was pretty young. Yeah. Uh, so the season that we're going to talk, talk about, actually, I was 13 when it was airing. And so it was really kind of the first uh, of the reality shows that was out there. And the season that we're going to talk about, uh, I wanted to discuss because, um, you know, seeing all of this as a as a kid, you know, uh, for the first time, I saw the power of reality television and uh its ability to induce both empathy and to highlight social issues, like important social issues. And that wasn't, it was just a powerful um, tonic at that point in my life. And let me set up here. So we're going to look at two episodes of uh, the real world. Uh, One from uh, the real world season 12. Uh, That would be the real world Vegas. We're going to watch episode three of the real world Las Vegas. And then, we are going to go back to the real world San Francisco, and uh, we're watching uh, season uh, three, episode eight. Do I have that right? 
Yes. Okay. All right. Just missed the uh, Renat one by one episode. Okay. I was I was so sad that it was an episode seven. Okay, but we'll talk about uh, both of those things. But um, Chappelle, should we? Do you think there's anybody that's listening that doesn't know what the real world is? I feel like it's been a minute since there actually were episodes of the real world. Well, the real world actually was airing on like Facebook and like some other ghetto platforms in the in, uh, the last <laughs> few years, and so it's not been that long. Mm-hmm. But for yeah, the uh, for the unfamiliar, the real world is you know where it's like a social experiment where you put a bunch of strangers in a house and see what happens when they you know stop being polite and start being real. We're like we we know the spiel, right? Mm-hmm. But they just pick a different location, pick a group of people who probably have different views. And then they say, like, what happens when we make them go to work and live together and we film it all? And that's pretty much it. And this is like one of, if not the like most famous, you know, reality TV show format of all time. Like the real world goes on for years and years and years. It starts in the 80s. Right. Uh, and um, so, no, like I think it's probably like 90. 91, I think. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Ooh, before my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm such a fossil, though. Oh, uh, but yeah. So for <laughs> me, this is something that has been around as long as I've been alive. Coincidentally, I was 13 when the real world Las Vegas came out. So yeah. I think there is some synergy oh, wow. here. Yeah. Is where we talk about both of these seasons. But yeah, the real world has given us tons of like iconic moments, cast members, uh, just television uh, tropes that you see repeated over and over again in reality TV. So it's very important that we do the rewind and we pay homage to one of the goats, and that is The Real World. Yeah, it looks like 92 was the first season of The Real World, The Real World New York. Yeah, and another good season. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, some of the earlier seasons get lost, and just like because it's kind of, I won't say one note, but it's kind of kind of formulaic. You know, they bring in like the same type of like diversity when it comes to like, oh, this person it might have conservative views versus this person might have liberal views, and they like there's not a lot of fighting in the earlier earlier seasons. Then they start to like say, oh wait, drama sells, and so they start to poke and prod these people into more fights. And then by the time I turn 13, they're like, oh no, let's just give them alcohol (laughs) and put them in Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah. And let's do a different type of social experiment. So I think today we're going to cover both of those. And these seasons are on Paramount Plus. You can check them out. But it's it's odd that seasons one, two, three, four are there. And then there's mm-hmm. no seasons. Uh, then there's season twelve, which we talked about. And then uh, no thirteen and fourteen. And then it looks like they've got the rest of them. So I don't know what the issue is. Was it like a music licensing? I know that there's a lot of like pop music that ends up in the real world, but it's just weird that there's like a whole era where it's like, no, we don't have these episodes. Yeah, that is really odd. I had forgotten about all of the pop music mm-hmm. <laughs> that was on the real world. So so much so that I took note of in uh for season 12 what the songs were and i had for- completely forgotten about that shakira song mm-hmm. yes totally oh, forgot about it your clothes. <laughs> there's an endless story yes <laughs> extraordinary rendition Go Dude, that was shakira. <laughs> yes yes shakira shakira um i think rob I think very much what I said is probably why they picked the seasons that they did. Because like I said, the first five are kind of iconic. And then there's a lot where it was just like, eh, it's fine. You know? Mm -hmm. And um, I do think justice for the real world Paris, because I think that's my favorite season of the real world. And it just missed the cut. But they come back when they have, you know, the fully formed real world that they want to see duplicated again and again and again and again in the real world Las Vegas. So I think there's a reason why they skipped those. It might not be licenses. It might just be like, 
who cares about season seven through you know eleven? Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I I strongly do, and I want you. You you know, I want it back. Give yeah. me that back. Okay. Well, we're gonna talk about the real world Las Vegas first, and I think that the real world Las Vegas, I think, really like kicks off like a uh, a rebirth of the real world because that it was. I, I was not watching the show at this time, but I think that even I heard about just the like debauchery of the real world Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I was. I, Yeah, I mean, it was wild, a wild season that I completely forgot that I watched. So thank you. Listen, I will never forget. I will never forget. This was formative for Chappelle. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. By this time, I was already watching a lot of trash TV because you know when you when you're left at home alone and your parents are like going to work, like my mom's like, "All right, just sit here and don't open the door for anybody." I'm like, "Okay, cool." And so it was a lot of me just kind of babysitting myself by watching television. Um, And so I remember the thing that drew me to the real world um, because it wasn't like I was watching them all in real time, right? I was very young, but. I think I got like a portable DVD player. Ooh, very fancy back then. And I was in middle school. I was very excited. And, but it, my whole family knows I don't really watch movies. Like I don't have the attention span for it. So my aunt thought she was going to buy me like a season of television on DVD. And she did it. She bought me the DVD of the behind the scenes of the real world Las Vegas. So I was like, I thought this was like the season. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch this and I'm just going to have a good time. And then I saw the behind the scenes stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, what are these people doing? Now I have to go get into the source material. You know, like now that I've seen how the sausage is made, let's see the rest of it. Okay. So, um, so that's what brought me to the season. And then from there I was hooked. I watched every season of the real world up until I probably got, you know, probably out like, I guess I guess once I was older than them, I stopped caring, right? But um, but when I was younger, no, I was I was knee deep, and the real world Las Vegas is a large part of that. Latanya, I don't know if this was true for you, but it certainly was for me. Where it was like impossible to miss the real world because, like, even if you like weren't watching it, there would just be like some weekends like. MTV is just gonna like air the entire season like nonstop over and over and over again. Yeah, it was very impossible to miss. I was also like part of the uh, the MTV generation, so yeah. I was just very into all of the programming that they offered at the time, thinking mm-hmm. that it was the coolest thing that had ever happened. But I remember those weekend binges, and they started running that like format of programming, just airing a, a season on the weekend. Like they were the first ones, I think, to do that too. So that was also really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that not to you know uh, turn this into like a uh, completely like uh, old people talk, but I just remember <laughs> it. where like it, like the MTV programming for the weekend like was very important. Like I kind of feel like oh like oh oh it's the spring break weekend. They're gonna be like all like or yeah. like uh, this person is like taking over for the whole weekend, and like I remember it being like uh, a really big deal of like that whatever like the theme was for the weekend. Like all right, that's what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And like the the canned little like uh, things that they would shoot with whoever would take over uh, Mm. about like, oh, this episode was wild. We saw X, Y and Z. I have no idea whether or not any of the people that took over actually watched the show Mm. (laughs) or if they were just given something to say by production. But yeah, it was just honestly, in a word, iconic. Mm. Uh, You know, it was like almost must see television, especially for me as a young, like a young lass. (laughs) I think Chappelle, our 13 year old selves would have gotten along. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a raggedy 13 year old. I was <laughs> it for all the wrong reasons. Um, it, and I do have some questions for Rob. Yes. Uh, Rob, when I was 13, uh, this, this group of people is very much your peer group. Do you know any of these people? 
Oh. You know what? I so this is um, interesting because I, I feel like I've actually uh, n- uh, know a lot of this uh, cast of the real world, uh, like uh, not extremely well. But mm-hmm. when I first moved to Los Angeles, uh, which was in 2004, that was like uh, basically like all these people uh, were then. I mean, they had their season in 2002, so they were all like on the like scene in Los Angeles. And I uh, had met uh, uh, Alton and uh, Irulan, uh that they were like uh, doing stuff with like the fishbowl uh, at the same time that I was there. So they would be like uh, in the office from uh, time to time. They seemed like a really great couple, seemed like super friendly. And then I got to work with uh, both uh, Stephen Hill and Trishel when uh, oh. we worked on the film The Scorn. Yes. Stephen Hill uh. was the leading man in the movie. I believe Irulan was in that film as well. Like, look at you. Uh, you yeah, I think she. I think she had a yeah. like a a, a small a small part. I mean, they, they, we basically we tried yeah. to get like a bunch of like people in for like uh, day player roles. Uh, but Stephen Hill was was the lead. Uh, I, I really yeah. enjoyed my time w- uh, with uh, with Stephen Hill, and Trishel also was uh, a big part of the film. And um, you know, I, I have nothing but uh, positive things to say about my time with Trishel. Yeah, Trishel and actors in general. You just love them all. Um, what I was going to ask, yeah, Rob, if you could explain to Latanya what exactly the scorned Please. is, because she might be into this. Tell me what okay. the scorned is. Latanya, one of the first projects that I ever uh, got to work on when I moved to California, I worked for a production company that was, uh, uh, that they had an idea of like, well, what if we took the people that were from reality TV shows? And then could we do entertainment projects with the people that are stars from reality TV because they're famous and maybe they have like some sort of like household uh, recognition. Maybe like we could do something. It turns out you can't. Uh, you can't do anything with them. But we tried. Uh, and, and I was one of the people that they uh, like started working with. And then I was like doing so much work for their website that they said, OK, you have to come out and move to Los Angeles. And that's how I ended up uh, moving across the country uh to work uh in uh at this company and and that's where i really got started doing podcasting that they had me like hosting like uh interviews with a lot of different uh reality tv people and so one of the things that uh we had long tried to do was to cast uh, a movie with all reality stars and we tried to do like a project greenlight-esque uh show <laughs> and notoriously well, terrible yes. reality tv show <laughs> yes yes Project green light yes How well you? that is you know, that was bad latanya um <laughs> so we the, so we uh produced a show which was the making of a all reality tv star horror movie and that horror movie is called the scored <laughs> and uh stephen hill is the is the lead actor in the movie uh-huh. Uh, that you know, opposite of you know other luminaries like Bachelor Bob Guinea. Uh, <laughs> wow! Yes, Latanya's yeah. face. Yes, Latanya's face. <laughs> yes, yes. Trishel, Jenna uh-huh. Lewis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Ethan's I, on. Sure. I. Uh, <laughs> What is the plot of the scorn? <laughs> well, I don't want to give the whole thing away. Latonya. No, you don't have to. I'm not saying like reveal the killer. Yeah, I you just want to know. For, like I think a dollar ninety nine uh, for the DVD on Amazon. 
I'm uh, totally gonna watch the scorn. Sounds <laughs> like a nap you episode. Should, you, should, that's, you, you could skip it, Latanya. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's uh, it was the idea was that they uh, felt like that again. Everything at at this company was sort of like reverse engineered of like. All right. Well, we know that, uh, like, uh, horror genre, like, uh, like if we like sort of like, uh, re- uh like reverse engineer, like the ring, uh, that's what's selling mm. overseas. So we need right. to create a horror movie that's like similar. And it was about uh, a ghost that kills people for being unfaithful. Wow. That that ghost would have like ate it up in Las Vegas mm-hmm. <laughs> during season twelve. Mm-hmm. Stephen Hill specifically. Stephen specifically. <laughs> yeah. Was Jacinda Barrett a part of it, or was did she her her season come later? I don't think she was. Yeah, on she the was scorned. Yeah, she was okay. not. That I, I have not worked with her because she's yeah. like one of the the most like prolific. Yeah, actor. We, yeah. We didn't have uh-huh. prolific actors. Look, like <laughs> <laughs> just recognizable people. <laughs> yeah. Prolific no, actors like were said we're not going to be in the reality TV star movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch the scorned. I really, <laughs> I've watched way worse horror movies. Uh, that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> put it, look, put it on the wheel. No, yeah, I, yeah, I want to yeah. find out who the scorned is. <laughs> yes, that there were a lot of uh, creative uh, cooks in the kitchen about uh, how the ultimate uh, project came together. So. Did you uh, write the script? Or I was one. I I was one of the writers in, uh, wow. in, in on, on the script. So this is, if anything this was is funny, why, I wrote that. But all the parts this that is, uh, this good. man is a multi hyphenate. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, like mm-hmm. one of the biggest moguls that exists. <laughs> Definitely the biggest one that yep. I know. Yep. <laughs> same. Yeah. Big same. So. Yeah, but I, I did get to meet a lot of like uh, the reality TV stars of the early 2000s uh, being in Los Angeles at that time. Yeah, just all scorned. Yeah, at some point or another. Yeah, <laughs> they, point, they, all, they yeah. all are. Um, but Tuesday. yeah, so I had really never watched the real world Las Vegas, uh, but I knew, uh, you know, some of these people from real life. Gotcha. Okay. Well, hopefully, and obviously, you know, I is... heard about the incidents uh, that taking place in this episode <laughs> that we're going to watch. The yes. incident, yeah. yeah. Well, this this is an iconic episode, and that's why I picked it. Uh, for people who are unfamiliar, you just call it the hot tub episode. Um, but there's a lot going on in the real world Las Vegas, so I definitely thought there was some merit to talk about it. And there's actually some crossover between this this season and the season that we talked about before. So, yeah, I think that. If you want to take us through this episode, we can talk about the cast, talk about some of the shenanigans, and then uh, get into some of the more serious talk uh, with the real world San Francisco. Okay. Uh, the real world Las Vegas, uh, they put the real world cast uh, in like the penthouse suite of one of the uh, Vegas hotels. Uh, which, which hotel were they in? They're in the Palms. Palms. They're in the yes. Palms Casino. Yes. And... uh I really wanted to go to this uh, location so bad when I was younger. Yeah. It's the reason why I went to Las Vegas the first time. I was like, I have to go to the Palms because the real world was shot there. And I think Celebrity Poker <laughs> Showdown was shot there, too. So I had, I had a list of things to do. OK, uh, yeah. but this was the true story of what happens when you put seven strangers in a casino. It's a very different story, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the real world suite, uh, according to Wikipedia, you can still go there. You still can uh-huh. stay at the uh, real world suite. It's only eleven thousand two hundred dollars a night. Oh, only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'll, I I'll put that up a GoFundMe. Yeah. I don't know that I want 
spend any time in the real world. We, I'm quite the opposite. Actually, then yeah, it could be where COVID originated. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow burn. We don't know. You know, people are know. saying Chinese labs, but you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> How can you be so sure? Yeah. Uh, do you want to go through the cast here of the real world Las Vegas? Yeah, I don't think we have to get into a lot of the ins and outs of the cast too much, but we mm-hmm. can definitely talk about everybody a little bit. Uh, in a normal rewind, I'm like, no, we got to talk about each of these people because they're iconic. But honestly, we talked about Trishel before. Um, you just gave us, you know, the Steven rundown a little bit. Um, but yeah, this is an iconic cast. I think the reason why the real world Las Vegas stands out so much is because this particular group of people was perfect for this location at that time in their life. So you had Trishel, who we've talked about before, Steven, who is kind of like, the almost like the leading man in a way of the season because he's like the desirable white man for the white women and even the black women at different times in the season. And uh, Stephen is a married gentleman who has come to the real world despite being married to kind of uh, have a good time. All of these people really are just trying to have fun. They, mm-hmm. they really came here to live their life as 23, 24, 25 year olds. Um, so those are kind of like, I guess, the two stars of this particular episode. And then you throw in Bryn, who is the third star in many ways. And um, Bryn is from Portland. She's very much a party girl. And she's just here to have fun. She doesn't have any other, like, there's no depth to her at all in this episode. She is here to have a good time. And there's nothing y'all can do to stop her. Yeah, she makes her intentions pretty clear about how if she wants someone, she's going to get them mm-hmm. um, pretty much by any means necessary. Just kind of like, the original pioneer of, <laughs> <laughs> of choosing a target and just like, you know, going for it. Doesn't yeah. care who's in the way, yeah. who's, you know, like at her side. Mm-hmm. You know, this was such a big deal, uh, like this particular season of the real world in uh, 2002. And I just am wondering, like, uh, did this, like, pave the way for, like, a lot of the trash TV uh, that's out there today? Like, Latanya, yeah. could Bachelor in Paradise have happened uh, without the events of the real world Las Vegas? Clearly, no. Now, mm-hmm. after, now, this is my first season watching Bachelor in Paradise, which is just, <sighs> there are no words. You know, there there are no words for how ridiculous the show is. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that people would have been as comfortable airing um, thing, anything to do with like sex and sexuality had it not been for the real world kind of like opening that can first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. For sure. They go, they we go there. Not, yeah, we would not have, um, you know, people arriving naked uh, to <laughs> paradise without this show. So. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you. <laughs> thank you, real world. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that um, this is going to premiere, I think, the same year as uh, The Bachelor. Uh, so this is going to be in the fall of uh, 2002 is uh, when this is going to be uh, airing. And so it's interesting that like uh, this this season uh, en- ends up starting at the same time as, uh, uh, you know, like modern reality TV is really starting to blossom. And it's like that. Mm-hmm. How, how is the real world going to compete with now? Like where real world was really like uh, people look at it as like one of the first U.S. reality shows. Now, you know, that these other reality TV shows are like uh, propping up uh, all, all over the place. Like how does the real world stay competitive in the 21st century? Yeah. 
Sex? Yeah. 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 Question mark. <laughs> sex? The sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's 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 kind of weird that you say that about The Bachelor starting that season because The Bachelor is very much a conservative show. Um, yeah. They they allude to a lot of sexual acts. They don't yes. even call them sexual acts a lot of times. You go to the fantasy room and fantasy. things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Right. But in the real world, Las Vegas, they're like, no, no, no. Sex can be had anytime, all the time. There are no doors on any of the rooms. No. Like, just do the things that you want to do. And these are airing at the exact same time. So you probably have a group of people that are like, you know what? This is a lot. Let me go watch The Bachelor. Let me go find true love in quotation marks. But then you got the people who are like, and <laughs> like, comma, <Yeah>. but <laughs> the real world Las Vegas is on. And it's, I'm going to check that out too. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you did see some competition between these two factions of television shows. I didn't know The Bachelor aired. It started airing in 2002. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Been a long. I didn't realize it was that. It's way too. It's still happening. <laughs> Is very much still happening, and now even more so because people want social media followings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, the Bachelor premiered in March of 2002. So uh, the Bachelor uh, premiered about six months before uh, the uh, Real World Las Vegas. Um, so uh, should we set up any of the other players? Uh, you know, oh. we mentioned uh, uh, Alton and Irulan, uh just briefly in terms of me uh, meeting them, uh, but they're going to fall in love in the real world, Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, they do that um, amongst other things. Uh, Irulan is in a, an open relationship, and so she's very much like, "Hey, I'm I'm down to have a good time as well." And Alton is recently dealing with a breakup uh, between him and his like his uh, childhood love and so in this episode we see some of the aftermath of that breakup and things that haven't quite ended uh, with that as well Um, but yeah they become like a a very much a duo throughout the season other notable people in this episode or kind of in this episode would be Arissa Hill um, who is she like no relation to Stephen Hill no I don't think so but uh, she definitely tried to make relations at some point (laughs) Um, and then uh (laughs) Frank as well. Frank, uh, I can't even pronounce it. Was it like Rossler? Yeah, Frank. Yeah, Frank is here too. And so that's the so, guy I know nothing about. Right. And that's fine for this episode because uh, you will learn, like, he's in the scenes very, like, shortly, like, it's brief, mm-hmm. but he does make an impact in a way. And I do want to talk about that at some point. But that's the whole cast, you know. And um, for this particular episode, we are going to talk about primarily the, the trio of. <laughs> of Trishel, Bryn, and Steven, but we also have to talk about and get into some of the Alton stuff as well. Okay. I forgot how attractive Alton was, by the way. Like that That's was, a handsome man, Alton. That was my first note. It was like, oh my goodness, I forgot how mm-hmm. attractive this man is. Yeah. And Puka Shell necklace and you know, <laughs> just yeah, all very the much my yeah. aesthetic at the time. <laughs> like, I could not find you attractive if you didn't have that necklace. <laughs> Chevelle, uh, a lot of these people also will uh, go on to play in many seasons of uh, the Real World Road Rules Challenge, uh, which will uh, get off and uh, started. I, it, had it started yet? Yeah, yeah, I think it had already started by now because I think this entire cast at one point or another plays the real world world rules challenge, um, mm. which is wild. Like every last one of mm-hmm. them, at, at least I think I, I could be wrong about Bryn, but I'm pretty sure they all step foot on that cast at some point or another. And so, yeah, again, an iconic group. You they, look how they pop on television. You gotta you gotta cast them in as many things as you want, whether it's the scorned or the challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but especially the scorned. Especially, <laughs> yeah, first and foremost. <laughs> <laughs> whoever you can get yeah 
So, all right. So, uh, we will start off with, uh, Trishel. In the previously on, we see a little bit about, like, how things have gotten a, li- a little crazy because, uh, Trishel's on the phone, uh, with her brother in law. She's talking, uh, a-, a lot on the phone with her family. And she's talking about, uh, everybody that's in the house. And she talks about how, uh, she ended up, uh, hooking up with one of the roommates. Uh, and, uh, she's worried that her sister, Buffy, will be mad. Buffy's not a choker. At mm-hmm. least that's what she thinks. Yeah. Everybody's always concerned about what Buffy thinks. So when I, <laughs> I frankly, before I make any decision, I ask myself, what would Buffy think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she'll always support you. She may not approve of what you do, Latanya, but she'll always yeah. support you. I mean, it's it's kind of like uh just what happens when you end up casting people who like are from like a small town or from the South, really like they have relatives that are a lot more conservative in uh, a lot of those uh, like aspects. So they definitely judgment happening mm-hmm. uh, from, from Buffy, Buff- Buffy's a judger. <laughs> in 2002, I'm sure a lot of people were asking what would Buffy do? I think the vampire <laughs> slayer was very prominent yes. at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many like great Buffy's. <laughs> I know too. <laughs> Rob, so this is the aftermath of this you guys, this is episode three. So this yeah. is the aftermath of like day two, Trishelle has hooked up with Steven and now she's like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm from a small town, we're very conservative in my town, my family oriented town. Like I don't know if like they're gonna look at this on television and kind of see that I'm embarrassing them or making, you know, or shaming them in a way. So she's very concerned about what her family thinks. Uh, Like Latanya said, it's a lot of judgment, but a lot of it we're seeing through Trishel's eyes. Like she's calling them knowing the judgment is coming. And I think that's the worst kind of judgment when you already know before you pick up the phone that the other end is not going to be receptive to what you're talking about. Well, we find out uh, later on in the episode that Trishel's dad was very much against her going on the show. Uh, she talks about how that when she told her dad she was going on the show, that uh, he uh, felt like that she was going to embarrass the family. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was, he's not wrong. He's just mm. an a-hole. Right. You know? Like, is it her fault the family was embarrassed? No. But mm-hmm. they were embarrassed. <laughs> they yeah. were embarrassed nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, calm down. Your, what, like 20 something daughter had sex. Yeah. She's on you her know? way to be a MTV legend. Yeah. Let her Seriously. live. Enjoy the money. Like, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> right. Come on, dad. She's 22 at the time. Like, that's like, what else are you going to do when you're 22? I mean, I never did it. But I know of others that did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. People read. I've I've seen it in films. Yeah, <laughs> same. I'll tell you, we uh, start to see uh, Bryn's perspective on the whole situation, and uh, she wants to corrupt Trishel. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bryn very much came in just being like. Um, I don't understand why people are saying that they wouldn't find like wouldn't hook up with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and we also have to, we have to remedy that. We have to remedy the fact that you haven't had sex on television. Um so I I don't know. There's always going to be that one friend or you know like one person in the group that wants to corrupt you. It's it's something that 
I think, I mean, I've definitely dealt with in life. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably all dealt with it at some point. That's like me with Chappelle that, you know, was he was the like the, ni- the, the <laughs> nicest guy before I met. And I'm always like, come on, Chappelle. Let's, uh, let's, uh, he's James. like, no, what? no, he, I can't. Stop come it on, Chappelle, live a little. I, yeah, I shan't. I shan't. <laughs> um, I think the word friend has been thrown around a couple times. And I don't know if Brynn actually fits that mold at this point in the season for Trishel because I think she says corrupt, but like with an eyebrow raise. Like, it's not so much like, oh, let me bring you out of your shell and show you like, you know, what, you know, what these other wonders of the world are. It's kind of like, I see this thing is stressing you out. Wouldn't it be fun if I just kind of, you know, pushed you over the edge a little yeah. bit? Yeah. And so if you look at Brynn through that lens, this episode means a lot more because mm-hmm. it's not just like, oh, we're all having fun. It's like, no, no, no. Brynn has the devil horns on right now and she's about to strike. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So this is, uh, I think, for a lot of people, the most uh, scandalous season of the real world uh, to date. And I think that uh, part of the reason is because living in the Vegas uh, hotel... You know, they're basically like their apartment is like attached to like uh, the nightclub. It's a little bit like mm-hmm. uh, the friend setup, but instead of like a coffee shop downstairs, that they have like uh, <laughs> a, a rave just going on where and they a can, casino. yeah, and just get unlimited alcohol. And so we're gonna see a lot of partying on this season. Yeah, when in doubt, throw tequila at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always been my motto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> And one of the things I thought was uh, interesting is that I, I feel like that we see, like, uh, obviously we see them them partying and drinking and Trishel and Steven, they're going to, you know, be drinking and then they're going to go up in the elevator and they're going to go back to the apartment drunk. Uh, Trishel's going to uh, appear to have some regret uh, the next day. And we see Trishel sort of like uh, wrestling with this issue of, you know, is, is this the real me? Or is this the alcohol? There's a little bit of like a Dr. Uh, Jekyll, Miss Hyde that goes on. And she seems like she's uh, trying to sort out, like, which is the real me? 
Yeah. Jorge Nellis Dos is <laughs> it's really, it's really the answer to that. I mean, a, a lot of people would say that alcohol lowers inhibitions, but also heightens who you are. Yeah. Uh, deep down inside. So, you know, maybe she was just a freak and didn't know it yet. That's fine. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, <laughs> okay. Um, there's a moment where she asked the question too, like, is it just me or is it the alcohol? And Erlon very quickly says, baby, it's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baby girl, listen, ma'am, is you? Irulan just a font of truth and wisdom in this season. Mm-hmm. Like just telling people, yeah, just telling people like how it is. Just like it's okay if you are like this. It's really just a matter of can you accept and love yourself for that person that you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a big conflict in this season and throughout this episode for sure is that Trishel is going to go do the thing. And she's going to get drunk to do the things. And uh-huh. then the next day, she's going to complain about it. And it, you can tell this is episode three and they're already sick of it. They're like, I don't know what I can do. And they're like, girl, if you want to do it, do it. If you like them, like them. If you don't like them, don't yeah. like them. Like even Brent at this point is like, she, Trishel says, you know, I don't even know if I, if I like Steven like that. And she said, well, He's goofy. if you don't like him, stop thinking about him. Well, stop thinking about him then. Like Brent is like, we're over it. Stop it. You did the things. It's yeah. okay. No it's one died. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's probably another thing that's weighing on, on them. But Trishel cannot see that because she is so engulfed in this, you know, struggle she's having within herself. Bryn has an issue with her roommates uh, when she is uh, has uh, Stephen and Trishel in the room with her. She hates the sound of people making out. She doesn't mind being <laughs> in uh, the make out. <laughs> you don't want to hear it. She doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, it's probably just like one of those things where the sound reminds you that you are not the one partaking mm-hmm. in that act. And so you just get a little bit jealous about it because I think if it had been up to Bryn, she would have like done that with everybody in the house. She was just like, I am, I am down. People are not going to tell me that I can't have all the sex here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, for Brynn, it's more of an issue of like being left out that bothers her more so than the, than the sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't seem like something like sound would bother her at all, but here she is complaining about it. But I think, you know, she just wake up next to somebody and they're like smooching and you're like, okay, gosh, get a room, but also not my room. But not my uh, room, yeah. Unless <laughs> I'm involved, right? So <laughs> I think that's Brynn's real issue here. All right, let's get to the Alton storyline, uh, the B story in this episode. Um, Alton, this is weird. He gets like a, a stuffed animal in the mail. He gets like a care package, but and then also a phone call. Like, uh, was it, were these two things uh, connected? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. Um, I'm Chappelle. <laughs> I mean, so the thing is, the the care package comes, and you know, in the day of our Lord twenty twenty one, you know, <laughs> you you send the package, you get the confirmation email, you get the text message, you get the tracking, all that other stuff. This was the dark ages, you guys. This is two thousand two. She sent it, and she hoped that it got there. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so the phone call had to be made. Like, hey, did you get that thing I sent you? And he's like, yeah, this um stuffed animal. Stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, yeah, it's a children's toy. Speaking of children. Mm-hmm. I'm late. And so maybe we're going to have one. Thank you for coming to my conversation. You know, it's like, oh. yeah. And then he 
you know, on, on right on schedule freaks the hell out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, uh, love the act of making a child. Don't actually want the result to end in a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I mean, you can kind of see where he's coming from. Everybody's so young in mm-hmm. this house. Like he's really young. And the idea that uh, a stuffed animal heralds a phone call with the announcement <laughs> of like, Hey, I'm late. Um, mm, you don't want to hear I'm late unless it's like about, you know, getting, not being at work on time. <laughs> yeah. And even then, yeah, and even, even then, then. That's, not this, great. this was like a ghetto gender reveal. You know, like before <laughs> it was like, hey, like he opened the box, like it's a, it's a, a, a child. Stuffed yes, animal? Yeah. congratulations, <laughs> yeah. congratulations. Yeah. It's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it overnight. <laughs> uh, I want to make sure I'm understanding uh, what what's ha- what's happening here. That she calls up. She's she has a missed period, and she's going to the doctor, but she won't take a pregnancy test. <laughs> she. <laughs> She wants to be sure. sure. Yeah, like, she wants. To be, sometimes, I, I mean, I don't understand this. You would just mm-hmm. double up. Yeah, I think. But uh, sometimes people just want to go get the blood test to be absolutely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because then there's like no denying it. But mm-hmm. uh, because you can miss a period or even two and not be pregnant. Sure, but, sure. Yeah, like for just the short term, like mm-hmm. consolation. Yeah, just go take a pregnancy test. They are. They were in the, at that time just starting to be like available um where you didn't have to ask for them behind the counter. Like, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? They were mm-hmm. out in the aisles. So just go get one. Yeah. They're, you can get one for very cheap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um we're gonna see Trishel and her dad uh talk about her dad's uh feelings. He doesn't want uh her to be there, and we also bring in uh that uh Trishel has lost her mom also and i think that that's definitely something that uh she is dealing with uh during this season of the show we're going to hear from trichelle's dad later later on in the program Chappelle. yeah this is kind of this is very disappointing honestly to see that because she's saying you know like my mom passed away and my dad was never really there for me which is why she has such a strong connection to buffy uh obviously but she just wants somebody to feel like you know they're proud of her and kind of give her guidance and nurturing. And her dad does not sound like that type, mm-hmm. just based off of what we see on the show. Um, and, you know, her castmates are, they, they recognize that too. They're saying, you know, like she just wants somebody to be there for her. And her confidence has probably been affected by the loss of her mom and not having somebody to kind of just raise her through adolescence up to, you know, being a, a grown woman at this point. So, yeah, it's heartbreaking for me. I don't love this at all. Yeah. Mm kind of a downer part of uh this episode okay so uh alton and irulan are, are talking about uh this whole situation uh and irulan is a a, a voice for uh alton to uh to talk about all this with a sympathetic ear yeah just you know they're irulan's like a great listener yeah um and this happens like many times during the show but also just kind of like foreshadowing their uh, eventual like couple dumb, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because it's him and Irulan, not Alyssa, right? Yeah. Um. So Irulan, at this point, they have not hooked up yet in the season, right. but eventually, yeah, Alton and Irulan are going to be like a power couple in reality TV history. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, they're still together, right? No. No. They, oh, not. Not. Oh, I thought they were. Rob, I, I, I swear, please. I swear to God, I thought I thought please. they were. I, I, 
I they, sent you the tabloids. You did Stop not. It. You did not. I, I did. They seem so happy when I they, used they, to they see them. They were happy when you saw them, the but they're not anymore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, Rob, keep up. It, guys. It's a reality Sorry. TV show couple, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, Alton famously has hooked up with another um, <laughs> reality TV um, star, I believe, on the last season of The Challenge. Him and uh, Yasella became a couple. Uh, so yeah, now he has moved on. So Yasella from the challenge and Alton from the challenge are now a thing, or at least the last mm. time I checked. Okay, only dating women with unique names. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> love it. Like Alton, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, get back to the uh, the party here, uh, where uh, you know Las Vegas. Uh, it's a it's a party town. It's a party town. <laughs> party town. <laughs> And we're, the, you know, the drinks are being served, and uh, ultimately we end up with a big party uh, back at the suite. And Sonia, uh, we have a lot of people in one very tiny bathtub. Yeah, it's a it's a hot tub, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but it is very small. <laughs> it, it really does seem like. Only one person is supposed to be in there at a time. Yeah. They had no concern for occupancy, uh, you know, like suggestions. But yeah, um, things start to heat up, no pun intended, in the hot tub. Um, and it's with Bryn um, Steven, right? Or is it Frank? Mm-hmm. No, it's Steven for it's sure. Bryn's, oh, it's Steven. Yeah, it's <laughs> Frank. It's Frank Steven. is uh, like, uh, you know, he should have some courtesy and, and, and leave. Frank is just well. Everybody on this season, because there are no doors, they just watch what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they like they they're always going to like like in the episode where they like uh, <laughs> hear Stephen and uh, Trishelle making out and just grab a thing of condoms and go mm-hmm. and, like you know give it to them, and then Bren just kind of courteous, yeah, outside of the curtain. Yeah, but, yeah people are all like being very voyeuristic on this season which is mm-hmm. odd but like you know but frank still kind of has a, a bee in his bonnet because he thought that he and trichelle no. were going to be the thing um yeah and that is not what happened in fact trichelle and steven went out of their way to like make out basically on top of him to let him know <laughs> literally literally like, yeah, no 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 literally, literally on, yeah. on top of him rob like in in the club, like, hey, by the way, let me lay on you to get to Steven. I know you like me a lot, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Steven was like, I know we're boys, but you're in the way. Not yeah. Frank move, but also like Frank, just make yourself softer because we're gonna lean on you. Oh, no. Yeah, we're just oh, gonna no. like make out on your lap. Yeah. Which you know, it foreshadows this um lesson <laughs> event that we're right. talking about right now. And just like that had already happened. Yeah. That's episode one, That's, Rob. Okay. Just, just being comfortable <laughs> yeah. in groups of three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Frank's not the most comfortable. You can see it on his face here that he is hating, okay? <sighs> he is sitting there and he is just brooding because in his mind, me and Trishelle are both from small towns. Mm-hmm. We both are come from the same values, blah, blah, blah. But now he's seeing like, oh my gosh, she's exciting and likes to do stuff that I don't think are like morally correct. How dare you? She's trash. What I a know, whore. She's trash. He called her trash. He called her trash like a bunch of times. He called Stephen trash too. That's but he definitely true, called her trash. worse when you call a woman trash. Right. No, no, no. Listen. She's not making out with you, Frank. <laughs> he's so upset because I don't even think it's like that she's not making out with him. It's that like, hey, she should not be making out 
Like, <laughs> until we are ready, the two of us as a couple, like, um, yeah, it's like sex is something that should be experienced by two people with very deep feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like one of which, you know, when I was younger, I definitely believe like being raised in a, a Baptist household, like to, you're supposed to wait till marriage. And like, it's something that, you know, people, it, so it makes sense in the small towndom of his own little mind. Um, he is not happy at all. No. Lighten up, He's Frank. Very upset. Yeah. Yeah. Another person who was looking on. Oh my gosh, I love this. Irulan has a camera, like the world's first <laughs> camera, and she is like taking the most obnoxious photos of him and sitting directly next to her is Arissa drinking a Dr Pepper. <laughs> like she's just entertained. Mm-hmm. She's not flinching at all. Like, well, I guess I'll just be here for this. Yeah, I love this. No scene. one oh leaves. <laughs> That's that's the thing that makes it scandalous in my mind is just that like you know it, it was it was just like a porn show for everybody else who was in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like go away. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Oh no, this is a commute. This is a communal space. Well, uh, like, I think maybe because dang. there's a like production crew in there. It's like, well, if the, the, <laughs> the crew is allowed to be in there, I guess we should be allowed to be in there too. Like a boom mic in the way, like, yes, like excuse me. Yeah, there's like nine producers like standing there also, so it probably doesn't seem that out of place for you know uh, Frank and Irulan to be around. And none of yeah. the three are bothered. They are unbothered by and undeterred by all of these people <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that are just oh, here. Yeah. So watch I love them it. do this. I mean, I also kind of feel like that Bryn, uh, like uh, people, I feel like Stephen and Trishel weren't paying that much attention to her either. And she was kind of just sitting there at one point is like, uh, yeah, yeah I think, think she probably could have left and nobody would have noticed also. Mm-mm. Brent is yeah. not the type to leave. No, she's okay. not leaving. She's not, not leaving going anywhere. Uh, but I don't know if they would have <laughs> missed her. Make out on my yeah. lap. on my lap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on my lap. Please. That's what I'm here for. On my lap. Mm-hmm. On my lap. That's the hashtag for this episode. Yeah, it's not on, my lap. on your left. It's on my lap. <laughs> on, on my lap. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next day, there's some. Um, Looking back in the rearview mirror, uh, Trishel uh, asking, uh, should I have done that? Yeah. So here's where <laughs> I have wrong? questions. Because we see Trishel having like this mental breakdown about this like, j- like hot tub moment. But she's also talking about the moment where they move to the bedroom and it gets scandalous, right? Brynn is in the bed. Trishel is in the bed. Steven's in the bed. Their covers are moving. Oh my gosh. Trishel's saying like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I should have spoken up for myself. I wasn't comfortable with that. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that they were yeah. they like forcing her into some type of sexual escapade? And then Brynn said, I made out with Steven. I made out with Trishel and then I left. I said, all right, hold on. Now wait, which what is what happened? Yeah. Because if that's what happened, that's all that Trishel, girl, ma'am, calm yeah, down, ma'am. You were calm down, calm mm-hmm. down. Everything yeah. is going to be okay. It's just not going to affect the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no. The, the, like by two thousand two, we had survived Y two K, ma'am. We can do this. <laughs> oh my God, Y two K. I'm just saying, it's what a different a time. time. <laughs> but. But Trishel's whole like thesis here is just like, you know, like I feel like I really just didn't control the, that moment. Like I it's St- Stephen got me acting different. I ain't never done nothing like this. Like I really need to start speaking up for myself in these moments. And she's venting this to us in the confessional, but she's also telling her her castmates and they are literally like, we don't care. 
Yeah. <laughs> Brent could not be less bothered. And and when I tell you that is on purpose, this is like like this is warfare. Like I told you, she was jealous. She wanted to be inserted in this. And now, you know, when some when you're really annoyed by something, the worst thing someone could do is just downplay it like it's nothing. She's gaslighting her. Like, I feel like this was a problem. And Brent's like, What problem? What happened? I don't remember. It was just mm-hmm. a flash in the pan. And it was nothing. And she's like, It was a lot. It was like, no, was it? Brent's like, it was just a Tuesday. Calm down. Right. <laughs> Jeez, we're in, we're in Vegas. Like, what if we had done sex, too? Like, what if that happened? What if we had done sex? Yeah, what if the sex had been done? The sex. Trisha? The, the sex. The sex. <laughs> well, Trishel's going to call Buffy, and she tells Buffy, uh, <laughs> what would Buffy do? statement is so funny because it's true Buffy I have some bad news I hooked up with uh, another one of the roommates uh, <laughs> just can't you, stop you, myself yeah can't. are you mad yeah. uh, like it's yeah. like Pringles and the fact that it's a woman uh, that you know Trishel is uh, worried about there being judgment um, you know uh, can you tell dad also yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Buffy please tell our father that I had a threesome what mm-hmm. if my sister called me and be, I was like please tell granny I had a threesome I'd be like no <laughs> I'm not gonna tell granny I know what a threesome no. is are you kidding yeah, me seriously also granny probably intuited it intuited it in that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> she's calling you like girl what happened yeah, you have a threesome <laughs> was no. it was it another roommate was another it another one, one? <laughs> Yeah, this is this is a wild conversation because she she goes to Buffy because Buffy's her parental figure and she's like, listen, I gotta let you know. Parental figure was named Buffy. I I couldn't take them seriously. Yeah, (laughs) mom or otherwise. Like, I'm listen, Buffy, calm down. Uh, But you know, she says, you know, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. I'm like, oh, she did the thing that parents do. Mm -hmm, You know, she's not angry. She's just sad about it. But she'll always support her. Classic Buffy. Uh, Yeah. Classic and she Buffy. will, and she will tell your dad for you just yeah. as you want. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dads, uh, Alton, <laughs> he will not be a dad. Thank God, yeah, because he was going <laughs> to give up his uh, like uh, his whole like real world experience. He's going to go back to California, I guess. Maybe he, he was trying to go to medical school. Maybe he finished the well, season. Yeah, he was trying to go to medical school. Did he become a he veterinarian? Went... No. Hmm. yes yes he did and he's one of the best veterinarians veterinarians and he plays the violin right in the greater west coast of uh yeah he's a violinist as well i don't honestly i don't know if he ever became a a veterinarian but i highly doubt it Mm -hmm. nobody knows yeah we'll never know yeah Yeah, we'll never know okay well alton he's learned his lesson from now on he's gonna use protection yeah great I mean, you know, it's been available the whole time, but sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pregnancy scare will be the thing that <laughs> makes you start using protection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and see, when Latanya says it's been available, let, let's paint a picture. Rob. When they walk into that <laughs> hotel room for the first time, there is a literal, like, direct sponsored display where yeah. there's just condoms and instructions to the condoms Important. placed there. Yeah. And they, and it, like, Throw them into the wind and say, you know what? Seriously. Maybe not. Uh, because this is not the only pregnancy scare <laughs> of the season. 
So, well, just not a real world season without a pregnancy scare. This place is like the Olympic <laughs> Village. <laughs> like, just everybody is just like, mm-hmm. look at all these like free condoms. Blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Blank. Mm-hmm. Blank on my lap. Blank on my lap. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel. Okay. <laughs> to the scorned. <laughs> scorned. <laughs> The scorn to blank on my app. I want to make the, a scorn sequel, Rob. I want you to help me. I don't think we own the rights. Oh, <sighs> dang it. I'm sure we could purchase them for no. <laughs> for one ninety five. Latanya, Latanya <laughs> this is this is the, it'll be the spiritual sequel. We're gonna make a movie with all podcasters. I would love oh. that. Chappelle's gonna I, be the leading man. I am the scorned. <laughs> Always the leading man in his own mind. Um, I I would relish the opportunity to be able to write a horror classic starring the <laughs> folk of Rahab. It's, like, it's all podcasters and we're going to film it on Zoom. And put it all together. Yeah, sounds about right. That's first, the only first place Zoom that we can movie. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we've done, done crazy, an iPhone. <laughs> we've done crazier things on Zoom, honestly. I mean, I was in a wedding one time on yeah. this very network, so, you know, yeah. there's that. But the word classic was definitely thrown out just haphazardly. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> it would be a thing that happened if it happened. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing it. All right. <laughs> probably all agree. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll drop my Venmo in case people want to <laughs> contribute to the production. Uh, or what I don't know. I don't know. Is that another? Okay. <laughs> Maybe we can get Stephen Hill. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Let's try it. Okay. <laughs> Gary. Trishel's going to have one more talk with her dad. And um, dad is not happy. No. Dis- he says, disappointed dad. <laughs> He says, oh, yeah. I don't think you're gay, Trishel. Don't mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. Like, stop doing gay stuff. I hate it when you do that. Stop <laughs> doing gay. <laughs> stop doing the gay. Why are you doing that? She's like, Daddy, please. He's like, no. <laughs> like, no. Raise like, that. like, sir, calm didn't down. raise mm-hmm. you to do gay. Do stop the it. gay. Ash, on my lap. Don't do the gay on people's laps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bloink. The problem Hashtag is... Hashtag bloink. Normally, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I mean, I think <laughs> that the real world season itself violated the ethos of Vegas yes. by bringing all these cameras in here. Yeah, I'm sure that they're going to have like the the karma ramifications mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. breaking such like a sacred and hallowed rule. What yeah. do you even do with your the rest of your life? It's just like, you know, ceiling fans falling on you and like your <laughs> technology not working and such. Yeah. You know, it's wild because none of these relationships actually, you know, pan out to be, you know, mm-hmm. they, none of these couples stay together. And yeah. I, and I wonder if You're it has something to do that the relationship mm-hmm. forged on the lap of Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Just from this episode in particular, I actually think somebody does come away meeting somebody on the show that they go on to have a long last relationship. But yeah, these uh lapluxter relationships, if you will, <laughs> um, they are um they're not going to make it and probably because things just didn't stay in Vegas as mm-hmm. they should have been. Yeah. It was written. All right. So this is episode three of the real world Las Vegas. Uh, can we get some highlights of uh, what happens uh, the rest of the season? Um, I mean, a lot more of this, a lot more <laughs> like there's some sex going on. There's a lot of partying. I think Bryn gets fired from her job because spoiler alert, she's not great at things like that. <laughs> um, she ends up becoming a go-go dancer. They have some, uh, like they have like a, like uh like a touchy feely boss that they get into a like a lot of like uh, intimate like uh like moments with. What do you mean a touchy feely boss? 
the boss is like a party promoter and like it's like hey let's let's all us crazy kids let's go and have fun and they're like we're friends and then he's like let's go to the room and they're like we're friends and then he's getting in the bed and he's like we're friends and then he starts touching them like whoa whoa baby <laughs> hold on and on so, television on tv this happened on tv there's a lot of that going on the word molester gets thrown around a couple times it, it ends up like they tie it up really like, oh, okay, well, maybe he didn't molest anybody, but we should probably be a little bit more professional with our with our boss, and he should as well be with us more professional. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a lot more relationships pop up. I think some of these outside um, couples end up showing up. I know Ar- Arissa has an outside boyfriend named Dario who she's been with. Well, I think he gets a girl pregnant, and then uh, you got Irulan's like... Wow. Her, her like uh, open relationship guy shows up, and he's upset, so... All the things. Now that's the first rule of open relationship. You're not supposed to get upset. Well, allegedly. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, Bryn has taught us, jealousy <laughs> <laughs> always rears its ugly head. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ugly, unprotected head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I've what, gone full bloom. What about the... Yeah, well <laughs> no. done. Uh, what, what about the real world reunion? Uh, when did they get back? Was that five years or ten years later? It was only like five years later. People mm-hmm. made it seem like it was the biggest event of the like of the century. And I am people. People is me. Um, <laughs> because I was like, oh my God, they did it. They came back together. But I think it was only five years. So it was like 2002 to 2007, very much the same world. But the way they acted were t- like, it was totally different. Like Bryn is like she is a soccer mom she has no time for partying she has like three kids or two like two sons she's been married to the guy who she met while filming the 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 real world las vegas you know so you know one one relationship did make it out but yeah the other people like irulan and arissa uh, Arissa, who were like joint at the hip at one point are no longer even speaking to each other so they're very much trying to like work out their friendship i think a lot of that had to do with alton as well mm. um frank's there um and then, <laughs> frank you know used to exist he exists um uh, and so does steven i think steven has like a wife and it had like a new kid or something like that so it was very much like in five years their whole entire like uh, this persona is no longer it, it doesn't exist for many of them yeah Okay. Yeah, I wonder what Stephen Hill's up to uh, these days. Let me deploy the tweet. The mm-hmm. annual, the weekly RHP rewind. Is he DM. on Twitter? I'm sure. Well, I, I mean, can't imagine he's a big tweeter. Trishel's on I mean, uh, Twitter. Yes, Trishel follows me. Yeah, we should. Oh, I wow. should, Yeah, I should DM Trishel and be like, yes. "Hey, get get Stephen on the phone. We got questions. Get him on the horn." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Tell tell him tell him we need to do a, a scorn reunion. Right. <laughs> I, I already have Trishel's contact information. I'm sure if you reach out no. to the fishbowl people, Look, what, you, once you, you can... say you're doing a scorn reunion, then you're not going to get any response back. How dare you? Well, we yeah. just call it a remix then. No, no remix. <laughs> no remix. <laughs> we'll see who has the rights. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sending soon, the DM. Soon it will be me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So that's the real world Las Vegas. The real world yeah. LV. But let's go back in time. Let's go back <laughs> to the real world San Francisco and... I feel like that uh, the real world Los Angeles, the real world uh, San Francisco, this was, I think, really like the height of my real world fandom. Mm, this mm. is the best season of the real world. It is not even close. Yeah. I, and, I, and I am somebody who jumped in in 2002 in the real world Las Vegas. But this, this is the real world as it should be. It is so insightful. It is, it's pure. They're not, you can tell, shenanigans are limited here. Yeah. And that they're actually trying to get to know these people and portray them as whole people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love the real world San Francisco. I've seen it countless times. Wow. Now, yeah. It's one of my things. <laughs> so, yeah. Who picked uh, this particular episode, episode eight? I did. Okay. Latanya, uh, why this episode out of all the episodes from the season? I think this episode was a pretty good microcosm of the season as a whole because it showed um, just kind of like the power of um, Pedro and his advocacy, as well as we get like a lot of shots of future uh, married couple who is still together, uh, Pam and Judd, um, there to support Pedro, like Mm -hmm. through pretty much everything that he does, which is amazing. Uh, We get to see Puck being very puck um and yeah also just because this episode was the one that always stood out in my mind and was a highlight for me when i was younger because it's the episode that um we delve a lot more into pedro and uh his status as being a out gay hiv positive man and he uh they show him doing like lots of interviews and then going to talk to a group of students at Stanford um just about you know what it's like to live with um HIV AIDS and the kind of like crisis that was happening in the gay community at the time um though this was more a little bit of the tail end of it because it really ha- started in the 80s um the the crisis the AIDS crisis but also just like show the joy that Pedro lived his life with and um, the fact that he was pushing to just be like a normal person in the house and like form relationships with these people, even though, you know, uh, there were people in the house that like didn't agree with Mm -hmm. him as a person. Um, Also just like really paralleling today because still um we have a lot of issues with um the lack of gay rights um you know that embedded in our like laws in our society um and the aids crisis 
for for some nations, especially ones in Africa, has never stopped. It's only more, you know, picked up steam. Um, and it, it's just I thought like important to show a real change maker. Um, because he literally did change the world, Pedro. Um, he literally like affected immigration policy and um and the ways that people looked at people who were living with AIDS and HIV. So I think we may need to set up a little bit of who Pedro is for people who are uh, younger listeners who are checking this out, who may like know like the real world a little bit more from like the uh, modern day real world, but uh, maybe uh, have heard the name Pedro Zamora, but may not know uh, too much uh, about the guy. Uh, Chappelle, could you set up a little bit of uh, who Pedro is? Yeah. So in this season, of course, we're introduced to Pedro, fully formed Pedro. He is an openly gay, HIV positive AIDS educator, right? And so they've brought him into this season um, because he is such a powerful educator and a powerful speaker, and he's such an interesting person. Um, and he goes on, like Latanya said, to be the face of the the latter part of this movement. Uh, his story gets told through his time on the real world, largely, and through the impact he made with people who watched the season, because this was a very popular show, but also mm-hmm. through his castmates who went on to write books and yeah. to share his story largely. Pedro is someone who whose name was known throughout the country or in the 90s uh, because he was bigger than the real world. Like It happened. He was on the show. But the impact that he has on people moving forward cannot be like like understated. Like It shall not be understated. Right? He, he was a big deal. Uh, he even had like a, a, a wedding ceremony um, on yes, the show as well, a commitment ceremony. I'm sorry, Which yeah, is on the, the show, first one ever shown on television. Mm-hmm, uh, exactly ceremony between two gay partners. Exactly, and so we get a lot of Pedro in this season. If there's probably one, like one complaint people might have with the real world San Francisco is it's very uh, Pedro heavy, but his story is so compelling, and he's such a like fully formed character on the show that I don't get tired of watching it. It's such a it's such a good moment, and I'm happy that the, that we got to like see this kind of thing because if I had not watched the real world, I probably would have heard about Pedro, but watching it, you really get to appreciate the struggle that people have when they are dealing with HIV and AIDS and like how they are more than just their disease. It's a very much a part of them, but they are so much more. And, uh, Pedro famously says, you know, like I am not, uh, dying from AIDS. I am living with AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. And that is such a powerful statement to be made in 1993. And his death, ends up coming i i think is it the day the day after the season ends latanya is that no, right it, he died um right after the last episode like episode aired yeah so like the same night yeah mm. which which uh, that i uh, my recollection of it was like watching it and then like there being like a card at the end of the show and that that he passed away and be just being like oh my god uh yeah. because i that you know, I, I watched it and I, I thought I understood what was going on, but I did not think that Pedro was like that. That this really was the end of his life that we were uh, mm-hmm. that we were looking at. And of course, you know, there's a, there's time in between the end of the filming and, and when it aired. But you know, uh, I, I did not think that you know it was uh, so severe that it, he was going to be uh, gone so soon. Yeah, his T cell count, which we learn about in this episode, was only 30, 32 or 34. Mm-hmm. Um, it, anything below 100, as Pam uh, tells us, 
uh, in the confessional because Pam is a medical student who actually goes on because of Pedro mm-hmm. to um, focus all of her work on HIV and AIDS. Um, so she tells us that, you know, anything lower than a hundred, uh, people uh, with T cells starts to open people up to all kinds of catastrophic illnesses that lead to the end of their lives. So Pedro happened to be one of the very like unlucky people whose, uh, condition just progressed very rapidly or, uh, you know, and, and he started to decline very rapidly and to the point where, you know, people on the show were trying to like make up, like, you know, give excuses for why Pedro wasn't around because he got so ill so quickly. Yeah. It's very sad. Um, Even watching, you know, him trying to deal with it on the show, like he does acupuncture in this episode, just as a way of just like, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to put his body at ease Mm -hmm. because he's dealing with pains that we won't know. And like, unless you go through a situation like that, where you have a degenerative disease or something like that, a terminal illness, like these are things that you see from the outside and you don't understand it. But the way that they film Pedro going through it, it's almost like you can empathize in a way that you couldn't if, you know, you were just like talking to somebody who said, oh, you know, I have I have this thing about me. And Pedro very much comes in prepared to talk about it because he knows that there's such a stigma behind people with HIV and AIDS at this time that he knows coming in the door, there might be somebody who just refuses to live with him. And he he honestly almost has that. He almost a has times. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has issues with Rachel throughout the season. Rachel known as like a young conservative mm-hmm. uh, person. Um, they were trying, you know, and Pedro was trying to form more of a bond with her because she was the only other Latinx like person who was on the show. Um, and it, you know, at first it was very hard. And then we have Puck who was just such an a-hole throughout the entire season like the worst the the, the worst sucks he he really does and you know so much of the conflict of the season is between uh puck and pedro and i remember uh puck sticking his fingers in the peanut butter and sort of like i I remember it being like ah roommate issues but watching this today what a garbage person uh puck is (laughs) i know I, I found myself like, uh, like, oh, uh, like, uh, Puck, he was like the bad boy, but I'm like, w- w- that I'm mad at the producers. Why, <laughs> why did you make the, the, the last l- months of this man's life uncomfortable by, mm-hmm. by finding this garbage person? And it's like, oh, like, let's put him in the house. That'll be hilarious. Uh, what, 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 it'll be yeah. great conflict. Dra- Puck. Drag them, Rob. Drag Seriously. them. What, what an asshole. Yeah, yes. and he he just like he would make homophobic comments. He teased him about his like Cuban like his accent. Um he, and he just generally would interrupt conversations that Pedro would be having about like very sensitive topics with one or two people and he'd just come in and start talking about whatever just random thing happened to pop into his head that he wanted people to listen to. He even says at one point in this episode you know, because everybody in the house is supposed to go and see Pedro speak to the kids at Stanford, not just um, Judd and Pam. And uh, the rest of the group goes out with Puck and his mom, who we meet in this episode, who mm. seems like a completely normal person who just happened <laughs> to have a puck. Yeah, who just happened upon a puck. Um, and, you know, he says, I don't need to like have a lecture from Pedro about AIDS. I could probably teach him a thing or two about AIDS. And it was, it's just like that 
mindset of just toxicity. Just I did not like Puck. Like I severely didn't like him. Like tried to find any positive (laughs) about him when I was like young and watching this show. But then watching it back, I'm just like actively angry that he is a presence in this house and he won't be for very long because he gets, I mean, he's there for long enough, Mm -hmm. but he gets evicted um, later in the season because it was, it kind of came a situation of, you know, Pedro or Puck and obviously people chose Pedro. Yeah. Just like, Puck is a mess. You know, Pedro is the star of this season. uh, But like I said, Pedro takes up a lot of airtime, but the other person who takes up, a lot of airtime is definitely Puck. It's and Puck. it's for two different reasons. Pedro's airtime is very like it's 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 very like uh triumphant in a way. Like you get mm-hmm. to see him overcoming a lot of these obstacles that he just has to deal with because of who he is. And you get to see him having powerful conversations. But then you have Puck who is like he's so self-absorbed at this time in his life. I don't know the guy currently, so I won't speak on his like character today. But at 25 years old, he sucked. Yeah. He was just so absorbed. I'm sure he's a CEO or uh, a uh, cop. Anyway, so he was so (laughs) he was so self-absorbed that it was just like, okay, listen, Puck, for one second, can you hear us out? And he just refuses. He just refuses to go there and let anybody talk. So it's not even just a Pedro thing. It's not like Puck has like some like, oh, I hate Pedro because no, no, no. Puck sucks all across the board. Everybody hates him and they try to deal with it. It's very fascinating seeing how they deal with it because Pam very much does not have a relationship with Puck at all. She's like, no. I don't have the like, time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in medical school. This. I don't have the time. Yeah. Muhammad does not have a relationship with Puck. They even share a room. He's like, I haven't seen Puck. We barely see Muhammad throughout the season, but <laughs> he's definitely not with Puck. Um, but then you have Corey and Rachel who are both younger women who are like kind of fascinated by the bad boy aspect of him mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And they keep going back to Puck. Like yeah. he's a jerk to them, and they're like, "Okay, but he's got a softer side." I swear, like on the I know that like that like like one of the parts of this season that I was just like, "Come on!" Mm-hmm. That these women were always trying to like take up for him and like you know come to his defense when people were like, "I'm done with him." It, they were always like, "Yeah, no," but he we did this together and we got to see, and it's just like, no. He's a garbage human mm-hmm. who's <laughs> likely going to die from the incurable condition of being a little bitch. <laughs> it is yeah. a thing. Yeah, it is that, a thing. Uh, the, the, there is a lengthy uh, legal troubles uh, section on his uh, Wikipedia, also <laughs> of course of there. many of, of many different uh, run-ins of uh, w- w- with the, the law over uh, a number of uh, v- very poor uh, life choices. Uh, shocker mm-hmm. um so the thing with puck is that you know he does have things that matter to him and he just wants everybody to care about the things that matter to him all the time but you cannot put a person like that in a room with someone who does have such a like dominating like life experience right like we, this affects everybody largely because aids education and hiv education is important and so when you talk to pedro about his life Yes, he's walking around slowly today because he's in pain. Or yes, he's checking his temperature again. Or yes, people are asking how he's doing. People are giving him water and things of that nature. People are giving a lot of attention to Pedro just off the nature of they just want to help him, you know? And so Puck is kind of like, look at me. I have a thing. Like, don't you want to go and like find muscles at Point Inverness? You know, no, Puck. Get some abalone. Yeah. It's like, 
We can. We can do those things as well. But Puck is not good at the as well part. But it was almost like that. Oh, it's like, oh, well, nobody's paying attention to me. Well, what what if I just like pick this scab until it bleeds? And then will you will anybody look at me now? Because I'm, yeah. I, I, I just need attention. I feed off of it for anything like, uh, OK, yeah, that uh, yes, we're surrounded by this uh, person who's like an angel on this earth. But but yeah, but look what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. It, and it's got to be, and I'm not, and I'm, listen, there's enough no, horrible things we can say about Puck because he's horrible throughout this entire season, but oh, and very, very much after life, it, it seems, after, after the season as well. But what, it, I know it must be difficult to live in a situation where if you're used to being the center of attention, that you're no longer that, and you're in, thrust into this social experiment or whatever, but there is no grace given by him at all. Like, people can't even have a legitimate conversation without, with him throughout the season, even Put all the Pedro stuff aside. Like, if I come in the house and I'm like, you know, I think there's a point where Judd goes, he's a cartoonist, and he goes to, like, this big uh, conference thing or something. He's very excited about it. He's like, oh, my gosh, I got, like, I think they're going to put him in a newspaper. And he flies back in. He's so excited to tell everybody. And Puck just completely comes and just dominates the conversation. And he just pout, mm-hmm. Judd just pouts the whole way home because, like, oh, I had this whole, this thing that happened to me. And Puck wants to talk about the lady who farted on the plane. Mm-hmm. Like, He's the worst. And so there's a lot of that throughout this episode as well. And it's kind of heartbreaking because it's kind of like, this is such a cool story to tell. Like, oh my God, like who gets to experience the things that Pedro is talking about? Like firsthand, who gets to t- like to say I was in the room for that. And so we have right. the cameras on Pedro and, but we can't focus on it because we got Puck talking about his damn soapbox derby, uh, derby or whatever <laughs> it is, you know, downhill thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. It seems like the house is kind of divided also where uh, Pam and Judd, they're very much on uh, Team Pedro. Rachel mm-hmm. seems like uh, a, a little bit like, ooh, like uh, what's what's Puck got going on? It seems like that uh, there's a fight for Corey here in uh, this episode where Puck is, uh, sorry, Pedro is saying, what, Corey, why aren't you, uh, I feel like that we don't really get to hang out anymore. Uh, and I guess uh, Muhammad is, is, is there. <laughs> no, he's not. No. <laughs> No, not in the episode. Yeah. We, we assume he's somewhere. Muhammad Mah- <laughs> had a lot going on. So he was in school. He also was a musician at the time and he had a job. So like Muhammad was very much living the life of uh, like somebody who like does not have time to be on the real world. I think they, they you cast a lot less Muhammad's in the future because you don't want them always off doing stuff because you really don't. You wouldn't get a lot of Pam if she wasn't in the health field with Pedro mm-hmm. specifically in his incident because P- Pam is gone a lot of time too she like at doing you know doctor stuff she does not have time mm-hmm. to deal with puck's madness and so yeah we get very little of them in these in these episodes right here but yeah the thing is that rachel likes puck she has a crush on him yeah. he's her bad boy thing she's very rebellious throughout the season she has a conservative background she's like wants to upset her parents in a lot of ways she says this these are not my words these are hers she ends up getting a tattoo and a piercing and even she does the most scandalous thing at all she brings a gay man with hiv and aids to her mother's house oh. and they're like oh my gosh what's oh my gosh what's what's gonna happen here it's like she's like yeah mom get into that <laughs> right. Like she's like, get into that, mom. I'm such a rebel. You know, so that's why she's kind of got a soft spot for Puck here. She's just like, You guys, I like him a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's why we have to keep dealing with him. Yeah. Eventually yeah. even Rachel, she turns on Puck, right? That that's what that's the last straw. <laughs> not not really. Yeah. She, She's like a reluctant spot. Yeah. She's like a reluctant, like, yeah, participant in the vote out. So in a later, I believe it's episode 11, they basically have to do a, like a unanimous decision. Like, 
all six of us have to say that Puck has to leave. And Puck's like, well, Pedro is the one who throws down the gauntlet. Like, it's either me or Puck. And Puck's like, well, bye, Pedro. I don't know where you're going right. to go, but you're, I, I ain't going nowhere, baby, unless they vote me out. And, you know, it's such a flex because, honestly, they did not want to vote out Puck. Uh, but when Pedro, who is, like you said, an angel on earth, for you know, from our point of view and from what they're dealing with, it's like, Puck, you really don't have a leg to stand on here. Like, right. You're going home. You're, you're about to get voted out like unanimously here. You know, they cast the e-vote. Puck. <laughs> and, and they happily vote. Puck. Yeah, happily. <laughs> and they do it over the phone, Rob, like mm-hmm. on speakerphone because he's such a he's jerk. A he won't even come back. Yeah, he won't even come home to like yeah. to be voted out. Yeah. And then after that, he calls almost every episode. To the, to the point where on the finale or like the, the second to last episode, he just prank calls them. That's mm-hmm. how much attention he wants from them. And the producers for f- could have fully cut all of this out, but yeah. they didn't. So, Latanya, am I remembering it correctly that I feel like that they follow Puck also, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we still get his story, even yeah. though he's not in the house. Even though he's not in the house, they they're, they still decided to dedicate time. To, I don't know if they thought that there was like a facet of the MTV watching community who mm-hmm. um, w- was like, oh, Puck's a rebel. like Extreme. You know, yeah, so extreme. Like He, <laughs> he listens to the music that they only play at after 9pm. You know, nice. so like I, I I don't get the fascination. No. I, I, I've never gotten the fascination with men like this. I, I get that you know, a lot of like anti-hero stories have been written and become very successful. Um, and it's still a a weird reason as to why that's the case. Mm-hmm. But the producers could have shut this down. It it just so happened that like this was at the very beginning of like real world before they knew exactly what the show would was or could be. And it was it was it was so much more intimate as well. Um, just the shooting style alone was way more intimate um, in the beginning few seasons. So maybe they thought that, you know, it was necessary to continue to follow this person on their journey and that he might grow and become a better person as a result of getting kicked out of the house. But no, he just continued to be a freaking bell end and like (laughs) just a terrible person. I, oh, yeah. I just have like a visceral reaction. I I had forgotten about how much I disliked this person and then I I was watching this uh episode and I, it all just like flooded back and I was just mm-hmm. so angry whenever he came on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has redeeming moments sometimes, right? Because his thing is he can't apologize for anything. So he'll go and do something nice for he them. Didn't do anything like, wrong. <laughs> how, yeah, where would you apologize? Right. So he doesn't. He, so he'll do something like he's a, he's a local. So he lives in San Francisco. So it's very easy for his family to come over. So like and we saw in this episode, he invited them to his mom's house. He introduced them to the grandma. He even brings his grandfather over to the house one time so that he can cook for everybody. Like, you know, um, a traditional like was it? I don't remember what uh, Irish breakfast, something of that nature. It was some like family family uh, recipe that uh, Papa comes over and, and makes for everybody. Um, so he does things to kind of try to redeem himself in a way, but it's just never enough because you can never get him to sit down long enough and kind of hear you out. And so throughout this episode, we see Puck's overall attitude juxtaposed next to like. Pedro being an angel. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where they don't stop following him because it's like, 
I guess he's the villain in the hero story and you need a villain. And so you got it. Mm hmm. All right. As far as the actual episode goes, I mean, uh, we see a, a, a lot of uh, Pedro's advocacy. Uh, we uh, see a, a, a protest uh, that that happened. Uh, this was uh, a, not a, an event that I remember of uh, <laughs> Ra- Randy Schultz died and there was a guy that was protesting the memorial. And uh, I mean, this was uh, this was wild. Yeah. It- all these people came out, you know, because it's San Francisco, mm-hmm. just like one of the meccas for like gay people and, and gay culture, which is fantastic and like still uh, obviously like thriving today. And, they, you know, they just go. This is another time when uh, Judd um, is like able to go and hang out with Pedro, which is great. They, you know, they go to this memorial for um, like the first writer. um who like was openly um who was openly HIV AIDS positive and um did a lot of like advocacy and he passed away from you know his condition and all of these people just like flood out to like ruin this guy's memorial it it was just so surreal to see but then you start to think about the types of people that we have in America today and like the things that they protest about mm-hmm. And you're like, oh God, this is just we've always just been terrible. <laughs> this, is, this is just normal. This yeah. is just every day. This is this Tuesday. Now again. it's just every day when, <laughs> yeah. when there's like some people that are out there protesting about vaccines or like, you know, 9-11 truthers or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the time, like capturing this kind of thing on camera um was also very groundbreaking. Like it was just one of those it this is just one of the the all-time seasons of any reality tv show or any like tv show um and there's there's so much like educational value to it as well um Mm -hmm. because you know people would a lot of people would probably never even like know who randy schultz was if it weren't for um them covering this protest of his memorial on the real world Mm mm-hmm I just feel like, uh, you know, Pedro, that uh, he is, you know, uh, we see that he's in a weakened state, uh, that he has uh, 32 T-cells, and he's doing this exhausting schedule. He's at, he's at a mm-hmm. protest. He's he's flying to Los Angeles. He's going to be on a TV show. Uh, he's dealing with Puck in the house. Uh, <laughs> that uh, yeah. I, I just said that uh, I, I couldn't believe ever, everything that he's that he's doing. I just want him to take it easy. Oh yeah, and he gets that a lot. Like they, they all in the house see it that he is trying to bury himself with work so that he doesn't have to think about his physical state. Um, yeah. like he's up all night writing things, and he's traveling and flying here and doing TV show, Bob, real personal with Bob Berkowitz. You know, like he's doing all the things. Like, and, and you're like, okay, but are you well? He's right. like, it's fine. Like, I'm fine. And like, people are constantly checking his temperature, constantly like asking him, try, trying to convince him to go to the hospital. It's, it's a lot because he wants to live as normal as a life as he can. As he, can. Mm-hmm. he doesn't want this to slow him down. But at the same time, it very well should slow you down because your body can only take so much. And so it's such a tragic situation to sit through and watch. And then, of course, the puck of it all. Yeah. Um, it, the this the fact that he i mean he felt that he had to do this though mm-hmm. because he knew that he didn't have much time left um and he needed to be out there just kind of like 
being as influential as possible. The the fact that he found he was diagnosed when he was in high school is mm-hmm. just like it always hits me. And he did the like as he graduated early because he wanted to make sure he could graduate from high school before he died. Like everything in his life came with the before I die moniker yeah. mm-hmm. as well. And it you know, but he's also just like a kind and sweet and joyous person. Um which I've found, uh, you know, as a young person around this same time, just to be true of the people dealing with this. I remember my mom used to be a nurse and uh, she was working a rotation in an AIDS ward. And she took me there um, a, a couple times just to like meet her patients. And they didn't get a lot of visitors at all because there was like we talked about still very much the stigma about HIV and AIDS and people just being very ignorant, thinking that you can catch it from like being around a person who was infected. And um, so they didn't get a lot of visitors. They were like very, very lonely people on the ward. And so I just spent time with them and like listened to their stories and like tried to relate to them as much as I can with them being adults and me being a kid. But at the same time, there was still so much joy in that unit like so much joy in that world, they were able to find a way to, you know, keep themselves going, even though they were hospitalized in this ward and uh, knew that like a lot of them wouldn't be leaving. And there was like times when I would go back and like someone that I'd made a connection with just the time I visited before was gone. So I definitely understood, you know, why Pedro was doing what he was doing. And it really resonated with me because he was just trying to do his ve- like level best to get the word out there while he was still had breath and was able to do it. And he didn't have very much time left as we talked about earlier. So he made an impact on the world in such a short period of time. And this show came along and captured some of it. It's really powerful uh, to go back to. I've never gone back and watched any of this and, uh, you know, just to um, see it for the first time, like, uh, and knowing that he is going to pass away at the end of this, uh, it just like really changes the perspective of, you know, uh, what he's going through um, during the, you know, uh, during the filming of the season. Is it is there anything today that is uh like this that is like uh, I mean this was like such like uh, if you were between a certain age like uh you were seeing this content of like um I'm just wondering is, is there anything like uh today that occupies this space Yeah so I feel like now because we have 1 billion channels and streaming and internet and all that stuff like you can find like whether it's documentaries on Netflix or like television series on like TLC or there's a lot of this, this stuff is out there. I think you don't find this stuff for this particular age group on a popular television network that is like not even like that, like a normal cable network a lot. So there are like, there are shows like Pose that deal with the HIV and AIDS uh, epidemic as well to where it's like, you get to talk about, you get to see that stuff, but that's an HBO show. Right. So it's kind of like, is there That's like FX? This? I'm sorry, FX. I'm sorry. Yeah, but like, is there like a like between like channels one and twenty five? Like, is, does that exist? Probably not. Right. Um, 
But like I, I like shows like uh like this that are more period pieces. Like so this is real time, right? But you know, like shows like Pose, they take you back and they kind of give you context for a lot of the things that were happening around the same time. And so the real world does a good job this season of kind of like encapsulating that this moment for what it was and showing all the different angles of this particular house dealing with this worldview. And it just so happens that Pedro is their window to this whole entire like community and this struggle and this movement that they didn't even know about or that they weren't completely invested in before they met him. Um, so yeah, it's out there, but you got to find it. Yeah, But yeah. I don't know if it's marketed to like 25 year olds. Yeah, I really feel like that the power of the real world was because like uh like we were saying Latanya earlier on like it was almost like that the stuff that was on MTV it was like uh you know you you just uh absorbed it you couldn't miss it and when mm-hmm. these stories got told here you know through uh the prism of of these people that we got to know so well like you couldn't avoid it uh, where like now there's just, everything is just so segmented if you're not looking for uh, that particular content I think it's almost harder to uh, get a story that might be like Pedro's today it is a lot of times just because of the very nature of reality television these days um, it's a lot of it is focused on conflict, like inherently mm-hmm. conflict is like built into the show and then they try to create it with the casting and go from there. And so this was like pure reality TV, like in its nascent stages where uh, it, it really was just like following people around with handheld cameras and like, you know, tr- getting really close and like in there. Um, and so you felt like these people were in your like literally in your living room with you mm-hmm. um which was i don't think it's something that can be duplicated today um mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. i think that this is something that it was very much like of its time like if you were to create a like reality tv time capsule for yeah. this like particular generation then this would definitely be in there yeah, it's just like it's it's weird. It's like um a paradox is like you know we have like a million influencers that we know at like uh every second of uh their day, but it's like that we have to be like following those specific people to then be like go down that rabbit hole of where this was just like uh you know millions and millions of people watched every episode of the show and then we just got, you know, uh, so familiar with the stories of uh, like these particular people that who happen to be on this show. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think there are people who they go through like um, health struggles and like body changes and things of like that. And they document all of it. It's on YouTube. You can probably follow follow people's weight loss journeys and things of that nature on YouTube as well. But you got to go looking for it. Right. This was where it was placed in front of people for consumption. And then, like you said, MTV would just play marathons in the real world. And so there would be days where you probably weren't even looking for this type of content. You just would turn on your TV and it's just there. And so you sit through it and it's compelling television and it touches the lives of people in 1993, 1994, I guess was when this season came out, but it touches a lot of people in 1994. But like I said, I was five years old in 94. I went back and got invested in this season and now I'm able to talk about it, you know, 
20, 30 years later with you guys. So it's kind of like, it's one of those things where the story of Pedro lives on because of this season and we can continue to talk about it, but his work lives on as well. And so you're right. It's not like this anymore, but we do have the footage and I'm glad that Paramount Plus has released this season in particular. Yeah. Um, You can go ahead and uh, yeah, the whole, the whole thing is available on uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, Anything else we want to say with the the real world, San Francisco? Latanya, what you got? I I mean I I'm just happy that I got to to talk about this. It's a really heavy season. Um and of course like I would choose the most like the academic of the, <laughs> of the seasons. But yeah, just that um you know advocacy is critical. Um and it's it's something that I wish more reality TV shows or TV shows in general would take on um, to showcase stories like Pedro's and um, to really just get to the heart of like what in the zeitgeist is wrong um, with America. (laughs) And there are so many things to choose from, frankly. Um, But, you know, at this time, um, you know, this was the issue and, you know, Pedro has his legacy. They did like the 25th anniversary of um, his death in 2019, I believe. So like his, his legacy really has, you know, stood the test of time. Like he on his deathbed uh, talked to uh, president, then president Clinton. Um, and he asked him like, basically if I could grant you like your a wish, like what would you want? And he said that he wanted to be surrounded by his family, but they were still in Cuba and couldn't get to the United States. And as a result of that, you know, um, people like came together in the government to change immigration policy with Cuba and allow 20,000 people per year in. I'm not sure if that is still mm-hmm. something that stands today, especially given what happened with the last one mm-hmm. um, and everything that um, that the current one is facing with Afghanistan. But, you know, it, it really is a, like something that, you know, a person could influence so many people and get into the hearts of so many people, but do it in such a selfless and caring manner um, to the, it, even to the point where he was dying and didn't know like who he was because he had toxoplasmosis and brain legions. Um, so like he still was able to, you know, he, he was able to live for this particular cause and the cause has lived on long after his death. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about Pedro a lot and he is so much to, to like consume in such a short time. So I will advocate for anybody who wants to watch this. I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is the best season of the real world. And it's not just because of Pedro. The cast is brilliant. Um, like it's a diverse cast. Pedro is uh, um, an immigrant from Cuba, but mm-hmm. also like we have our first Asian American uh, castmate in Pam, uh, who is in the medical field. We do also have two La- uh, Latinx people on the same season and Pedro and Rachel. Uh, we got the, the, the things that normally start conflict, right? You got some political stuff that goes back and forth. You got Corey, who's just stepping out on her own for the first time. She wants to experience life. You got a lot of puck. If you could deal with Puck, you'd be okay. And then you got Muhammad, who's out here. He's a black man trying to do music and stuff like that. He's Muslim. So, uh, you know, for me, 
there's all the things in this season. It's a honestly, it's a great season. It's such a happy story. It's it really is. Now the fact yeah. that it ends with Pedro dying, that's something that Pedro is very upfront with. It's going to happen anyway. His story is going to come to an end because of this disease, and that is okay because of the work that he does throughout his time while he's alive, you know? And so we can experience this season, deal with the, like the whole like weight of the Pedro situation and still enjoy it. And that's why this is my favorite uh, season of the real world. And I definitely say like, Rob, if you haven't gone and watched the whole thing, it's some good stuff in there. So I would it say, is. check it out. Yeah. All right. Chappelle, let me get finished with the survivor binge. Okay. Let me, let, let yeah. me, <laughs> let me, let me, get, let me get through this, uh, watching the survivor season a week first. Yeah, you no, nah, you got it, you got it, because you're, you're, you're almost done. I'm almost but, done. Um, yeah, you're so yeah, close. Yeah, I, I think a, a fun thing that I like to look for in this season as well is the Judd and Pam of it all, because yeah. Judd and Pam are very good friends. That's what Pam's and, boyfriend uh, show up at the park in this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, Judd made it happen. Judd flew him in. You know, like Judd. Look, Judd is a good guy He's who good likes guy. to date his friends, and so <laughs> that happens over and over again until it happens between him and Pam, and now they live happily ever after with a couple kids. Yeah. So yeah, that's fun to watch too. I'm telling you, it's a good season. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Uh, real world in general. Nah, check it out. It's it's a good yeah. time. It's my oh, this is one of my stuff. Yeah, this is my stuff. My <laughs> while, stuff. while you got Paramount Plus to like look at the Big Brother feeds, you know, <laughs> when those go <laughs> off, definitely go watch The Real World because it um is the reason for so many other shows that you're enjoying today. Okay. Yep. Latanya, uh what else are you working on right now? Uh right now, not uh a whole lot in the podcasting world. Um, but I'm hoping to change that. So please feel free to invite me on things. Uh, <laughs> I've started watching uh, reality TV. <laughs> yes. Again. Uh, My impact. Is, yeah. Which is Chappelle and Mari's fault. <laughs> um, so you can like feel free to send all of your messages about my takes. Like if you get angry about something I say, it's Chappelle's fault. DM him. Um, At Mari talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> um so for me honestly i'm just there are a couple projects that i can't uh talk about yet whoa that are going to be coming along in um october so just kind of like watch this space and by this space i mean my twitter feed because you (laughs) literally watch this particular okay that's uh very secretive yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully podcasting about Big Brother with you, Rob, is the answer. Okay. Ooh. All right, we'll do that. Wonderful. Okay. All right, Latanya, uh, great to uh, get to uh, do a podcast here with you. It was, we haven't gotten to do one since uh, Renap. I know it's been ages, and it's also been ages since I did a podcast with Knucklehead over here. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I mean, Chappelle. Um, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm Knucklehead. So, he is me. Yeah, I just like, enjoying talking to both of you so much and i'm really happy that i got a chance to be on today yeah this is really fun today yeah we should do this more often all right we'll come up with another show hope not sporadically (laughs) yeah (laughs) Chappelle, uh what's Mm. coming up for you well um every week 
Sasha Joseph and I are on silent podcast covering the hit Netflix show, Never Have I Ever. And so this week we will be doing that again. So if you are a listener to Rob Has a Podcast, please check out Silent Podcast to uh, listen to Sasha yeah. and I. You shouldn't have um, made Melissa Denny have to beg to come on the podcast <laughs> with you. Oh, I have. Uh no shame in that. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited that she did that. And I'm going to use that as a plug moving forward. Melissa Denny uh, definitely endorses the podcast. So come check it out. She might be a guest in the near future, you guys. Yeah, I'm going to have to beg to be on this podcast. Uh, really, Rob, what's coming up for me is just begging to be on yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing that Melissa Denny did. Um, also, I have been uh, just hanging out, Rob, to covering the Reality TV Rewind with you with RJP Rewind. And so, you know, I think next week we are going to talk about some superheroes. Uh, I believe the hit reality TV show from 2002, Who Wants to Be a Superhero, <laughs> is next on our list. So I know you're excited. I know this is your bag. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have a guest planned as well. I won't announce her yet because we're still trying to work out the scheduling. But um, she is very excited to talk about it. This was her uh, her suggestion. And so I'm eager to get back in the game talking about that with you next week okay all right looking forward to that one uh next week on the rjp rewind uh thank you so much for listening take care everybody have a good one bye with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.